I don't think it's fair to start off just by calling a, like half of the MMA Twitter a bunch of filthy casuals. But that's kind of what it felt like, man. Over the last number of fight nights that we've had, they've all been fantastic. We saw a knockout of the year contender in this one. We saw tons of knockouts, tons of action, and a really good main event. And there's a lot of people just doubting this card. I, I just have a message. Stop doubting these cards, okay? Because whether they have name value like this one did, or some of the other ones like UC Vegas 30 or 32 it, it might have been, where there was less name talent but still showed the hell out, we got to stop doubting these five nights, man. I, I think it just has to be said, Blake. It just has to be said. Yeah, I agree. You know, you got to just sometimes shut up and enjoy the show. <laughs> That's a very good way to put it. I might not say that because I don't want to alienate our fans, but, you know, Blake Blake has a, he has the ability to say that, of course. As UFC correspondent to Blake Campbell, but Blake, how are we feeling after this really solid card of UFC Vegas 34? I think it was refreshing. You know, you saw a few new faces. You saw some movement in the uh, in a few divisions, like middleweight uh, with Cannoneer and Gaslam, uh, uh, flyweight with Pantoja, and uh, his, the guy that he fought is slipping my name right, right or my mind right now. Thank you, uh, Roy Vall. So I, I thought it was awesome, and we also saw, uh, like you said, the knockout of the one of the knockouts of the year so far, and we're in August. So it, I think it was an awesome card, refreshing. I would say. Man, this thing was really, really damn good. But before we hop into things, just want to give you a reminder. For all your sports prop betting needs, go ahead and check on uh, check out ThriveFantasy.com, the best place to do it, especially with the NFL season starting up now. What better time and what better way to get started than to go ahead and head on over to ThriveFantasy.com, or you can check them out on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. And then also, just shout out to, I love our Patreon members so, so much, especially over the, now we've just passed our two-year anniversary of the show. So obviously, things have changed a lot in two years, a lot in just over the last six months, but really just want to give a heartfelt thank you so much for listening over this time. It's really been a blessing, and I mean, just the way, I mean, Blake, you and I, man, just the way that this show has changed and UFC Talk has transitioned, it's been insane. Now we're up to episode 58 with this one, so I'm having a blast, man. And it's been a good time since, uh, I mean, I guess I never know the story that you and I met in a job that I hated that I took for summer and you were working there as well at this just really crap racket club ran by some really crap people. But you know, my homeboy Blake, he pulled me out of the darkness and we started talking UFC and we started, um, sneaking off into like the, um, into the back of the, the, the building and not having to work. So that's what we did. <laughs> yep. Just sneak in the back, set up some parties, maybe. You know, you know some... it wasn't even like sticking off the back to like do like to drink or like smoke and that kind of stuff. It was literally sticking in the back to talk like UFC and just to goof off. Hang out, moves, try to move that big tire that, you know, we could not move. Hey, I moved it a little bit. I did some nice keg carries. Uh, I just shook it a little up. bit. Hey, hey, I, yeah, that's what I said. I moved it a little bit. Okay. I don't think it like moved any inches though or centimeters. I think, I think you just like, you bumped it. There was movement and I moved it. <laughs> but let's get into UC Vegas 34 properly, and of course, with any card that we got, uh, we got uh, that we talk about, we gotta start things off with: Did the bangers hit, Blake? I why don't you tell me this time? I don't know. I think they did. I I was, uh, um, I mean, Pantoja versus Royval, not as much of a banger as I was expecting, to be honest. Still, really solid fight though. But I mean, Ignacio versus uh, with uh, versus Roberts, 
Knockout of the Year contender in a really good fight, really back and forth fight. I mean, um, for um, all, let's do some mental math. So that's 14 minutes and 55 seconds of it. It was really good. The Madsen versus Guida, it wasn't a just a crazy fight, but it was really good and it was really close. So Blake, I gotta give it to you. Yes, they once again hit. Okay, maybe not been like a nine out of ten, that ten out of ten that you've been doing recently. I give it at least a solid seven half or eight out of ten on the on the hitness scale. Would you say that there were some uh, besides obviously the main event? Would you say that there were some better fights to have been picked, like maybe the Vince mm. Pichel? Oh, I would have put Vince Pichel up there. I mean, Vince Pichel put on the on a show. Um, yeah. I mean, Parker Porter versus Chase Sherman. It wasn't bad. It might have been better than than uh, Royval and Pantoja, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, or William Knight versus uh, Fabio Charant. Oh, definitely. That knockout was just, and then the backflip. The backflip from the dude that looks like he weighs two hundred and twenty pounds. Dude, That's... that was crazy. Come on, man. That I cannot believe that. I would not even attempt to do a backflip, and I'm not even. Yeah, there's I, just I, no I, way. I break my neck. I mean, it, he can do this from standing. Where it, whereas 155 pounds like Michael Chandler and Justin Gaethje, that's a jump on the cage to do a backflip. Okay, so this guy. <laughs> He's a real freaking deal here. So I'd say, yeah, um, but really good fights there. And let's take a look at some of my biggest winners like we do every week. Uh, first off, you mentioned it, Vince from hell, Pichel. He looked as good as ever against uh, Austin Hubbard. Even um, his takedown defense wasn't great. Got taken down a handful of times. But his ground game was fine because, I mean, Hubbard couldn't really do much with that. Vince Pichel is piecing Austin Hubbard up in this one. I think the key here, Blake, I mean, he talked about switching switching um, camps I think the real thing is he just has to protect that mustache because I I think he draws all that power from his from his sweet stash if I'm being honest it'd be honest some man you know like uh, was like infinity stones and like with Marvel they each have like a power I think right. is is Vince uh, Pichel's mustache like something like that is it like a secret power it could be you know just kind of like uh, those secret rocks and crystals that uh that Jared Cannonier carries around, you know. It's real. It, it's like, it, it's also like a, oh man, um, Jan Blahovich's noose. It's like right. it's, it's like one of those things, one of the, one of the mystical objects of MMA, like Chuck Liddell's uh, mohawk. It's like one of those. His uh his his blue flaming shorts. Oh oh the Iceman shorts. Mm. Those know. are sweet. I mean, we have the Vince Pichel mustaches. We have. The, the noose that Jan Blahovich carries. We have the, the Iceman and Mohawk. Well, do so we have anything? Um, I mean, I, I guess we can talk about Conor McGregor's, be- Conor McGregor's beard. Another one of those things right there. I mean, maybe not recently. Maybe not re- Oh, no. His beard has really helped. His, help. his beard has gotten him a broken ankle and two, two knockout losses. Uh, so maybe that... It used to qualify, at least. You get my point. But uh, that was one... Uh, then Alexander uh, Alexander Pantoja, okay, because before this fight, Dana White said that the winner of this fight is going to be the number one contender for Brandon Moreno's belt, which I like because I don't want the trilogy fight. You and I already discussed this a while ago. Don't really care about the trilogy fight between him and Figgy. Don't really need it. Honestly, personally, I see yeah. Fred, see not him. yet at least. Yeah, maybe one unless more something fight, changes. Another win in, in 125, or even better, I even like um, uh, Figueredo up at 135 and see what he can do in that division. Um, but then you got Askar uh, Askarov kind of in the way of this one. So does Pantoja get this title shot after uh, um, um, submitting uh, Brandon Royville? 
because um, I mean Dana White said that, but also and Dana White said a lot of things. If we're being honest, Pantoja did beat Brandon Moreno back in 2018 when Moreno um, um, first uh, in his first stint with the UFC, um, and then Pantoja has also lost to Askarov. So who do you think ultimately gets this title shot, Askarov or Pantoja? I think it's going to be Pantoja, just because he's gotten a finish. Recency bias mm. is going to have a Recency little bit of factor to play. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, it's what have you done for me lately, I think, in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless, obviously, you're a legend or coming off of a two-year P- uh, PED suspension. Or Conor McGregor. <clears throat> or Conor McGregor, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think it's got to be him. You know, you get a, uh, an impressive uh, victory over a top-ranked opponent. Line him up, you know, and then uh, I think Askarov, that would be a sweet fight for uh, Figueredo to call out if he's really about that. Mm-hmm. If he stops complaining about not getting that trilogy, he should take it. If he wants to, like, show, yes, I am still deserving of the south shot, you're right, Blake. He calls Askarov. That would give me a lot of respect for him. Absolutely, because it shows that he's ready and willing to do whatever it takes to get back, mm-hmm. you know? You can't just be uh expecting a silver spoon you know a, a platter to be given to you you got to go out there and take what's yours mm-hmm. i really like that one and also i think one of my favorite things about this broadcast man every time i see brandon moreno on my screen i i i smile and i'm happy because you saw him smiling when um when pantoja was doing the whole call out of him after their fight brandon moreno was over there with the headset on smiling and waving and and just kind of calling it on um and then we you know also, he wants that one too. He does, and also did you? I don't know if you checked on the, the latest of Food Truck Diaries. Uh, we had Brandon Moreno on there recently. Mm-hmm. Did, you see, did you catch? That yeah, one? that was a good episode. I, I dude, I like Brandon Moreno a lot. He's he's a, nice he's a really yeah, he's just a nice guy. Good energy, good vibes. Just I mean, a happy person. Yeah, only only like angry people can dislike that guy, or or maybe Figueroa fans. Or know. if you're a Lego and you don't sponsor him, you bastards. Okay, come on. Yeah, that's that's messed up. It's. He's such a nice guy, okay? I'd be lucky to have Brandon Moreno as a face of my company. Yeah, I mean, he's just a solid dude. Come on, man. And he's almost as big as the kids from marketing to, okay? It's not that hard. <laughs> They're similar size, that's for sure. Fun size. <laughs> Fun size, unless, like like you said, with, with um, Brandon Schaub. Uh, unless he gets into the cage, like, he's an asshole. Um, and Or right. when it comes to spi- spicy foods. He's a pussy. So, <laughs> I love what he was saying about him. So, uh, I love it. I would go check that out, obviously, because Food Truck Diaries is really good. This was a great episode with him. Um, and then, I think my last biggest winner is maybe not necessarily from their performance. It's just the, the fact that they got a win here, and it was huge. Because Marco Madsen, the Olympian, need, really needed a win here. Because he hasn't fought for about 18 months. Went through a couple of jaw surgeries to fix a broken jaw because still played wouldn't take. You heard, you heard um, the commentary team. You heard John Anik. He lost his house. A lot of really crappy stuff is going on for him. He really needed a win here. And he goes out and he fights a Hall of Famer. It was a really close contest. And he's able to, uh, I mean, a little bit controversially, looking back at it, I think it's a fine decision. It, it really could have gone either way. I, I would have been mad if either guy won 28-27. But Madsen got the nod, so that's what matters here. He now moves to 11-0 in his MMA career, 3-0 in the UFC. And he goes out, he follows this up with uh, with a, I kind of like this call-out. Um, because he was talking, talking a little smack about Gregor Gillespie. He's like, I heard this guy's a good wrestler, but uh, I, it isn't Greco-Roman, so I don't know what it is. Uh, what do you think about this call-out? Because, I mean, obviously anyone calling out Gregor Gillespie is a little bold. 
Um, and uh, also, what do you think about this moment in general uh, for, for Marco Madsen? Uh, I mean, the call-up's okay. Uh, what, what's Gregor ranked right now? Is he, is he still high up I there? He, I think that the UFC recently has put him at 11. Um, I think they moved him into 11. Let's check okay. that one. Actually, um, 10. Put him at 10. Okay. Kevin Lee's uh, at 11. For the lightweights? Yeah. Interesting. According to UFC.com? Because he's a 170-pounder now. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, the callout's okay. I just think it's the balls in Gregor Gillespie's court. You know, when it, whenever you're calling out a guy that's higher ranked than you, it's going to be a tough ask unless you have a ton of hype. Which mm-hmm. Madsen has a decent amount of hype. He's got the shiny undefeated record, um, but he it wasn't the most impressive of wins. You know, it was a good fight, very competitive. Don't get me wrong. Clay Guida is a tough guy, a legend, a Hall of Famer. He's already in the Hall of Fame. Uh, so, yes, it was it was a good win, but for him to be reaching for the top 10 already in the lightweight division when he just beat a guy that's most likely only got a few fights left, all respect to Clay, by the way, not trying to crap on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's a tough ask, but would I like that fight? Yeah, I think it'd be interesting. I just hope it doesn't turn into a, you know, a, a hug fest, so to say. Fair enough. That's yeah. the only thing that I'd be a little scared of because styles make, you know, mm-hmm. fights. And even with that, I don't think it'd be a hug fest. I think it'd be a really high level kind of wrestling match. I would like it if they would. I want to see them stand and bang, man. I feel like that's what happens a lot with wrestlers. Just let me is bang, like, bro. They, they can't take each other down, you know, so they're just, they have no choice but to stand and bang. Covington Usman won. That could that could be the case. Who knows? Maybe this is a, a, a solid fight. I don't know. I, I just another, think it's a tough ask. I got another name here too um, that I'd like to throw out. This guy is twelve and two as a professional fighter, and he is undefeated in the UFC. Um, he has won um, a couple, uh, um, just one fight in in the promotion, but he's fairly high up, kind of in the non-ranked lightweight um, division or the lightweight rankings. That's Guram Kutaladze. This guy um, got his first win. Um, you remember UFC Fight Night, uh, Ortega versus the Korean Zombie, uh, back last year in October. He took out um, uh, 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 Matias Gamro, who of course, or sorry, Gamrot is. Um, it's not a French name, it's a Polish name, so we actually pronounce that T. Uh, so, and he's the one that just recently took out Jeremy Stevens and took him out in in, in emphatic uh, kind of fashion. So I think this, is, this would be a cool uh, kind of a matchup right here if you want to go for it two guys with really good looking records kind of in the same area in the lightweight rankings outside of the top 15 and it, it, i think it'd be kind of a bit of a banger to be honest that would be a good fight i would definitely be down for that mm-hmm. i also i mean i also like what you, the, the name you just brought up too though Gemra. yeah oh because he's got two solid finishes in a row. He's got, he no, beat uh, uh, at well, Gamera is at 155 and 145. He does, or no, sorry, this was at 155 with Jeremy Stevens. Excuse me. Um, so yeah, Scott Holtzman was at 155 too. I want to say when he KO'd him in mm-hmm. April. I'm pretty sure. Hey. Yeah, yeah, he's I lightweight. Like that. I like that. Gamera could be a good fight there too. That's yeah, a, that's a, that could be a banger. That could be a banger. I mean, any of those guys. Line them up, you know? Line them up, man. Line them up, put them down. He definitely deserves a tough test, that's mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, beating a legend like Clay, that's not an easy task. Mm-hmm. So, And, I mean, he he looks good. He He's a, a really solid fighter in this lightweight division. He would just, he'd be higher up if he was able to fight within those 18 months and didn't have to have those multiple surgeries. So, 
Um, it'd be cool to see him get a fight like this and maybe build a little bit more momentum going forward because I, I really like like Matson. I um, I think he'd be a solid fighter. He has a really solid jab, and obviously his wrestling's fantastic. Got the pedigree. Um, exactly. So I, I, I really like those matchups there. And if we want to stick and talk about wrestling, let's talk about Bryant Boom Kelleher. And business is still booming for him as he puts on dominant performance, um, beating uh, Domingo Pilarte. Um, and he got 30-27 uh, from the judges. Really should have been 30-26 in this one. He just he got him on the ground. He didn't let him up. And he, he put a bit of a, of a beating on him, too. And now the biggest story of this isn't necessarily the fight. It's the post-fight interview and the call-out. Because Brian Keller calls out Sugar Sean O'Malley. And uh, yeah, kind of a, of a... I don't know, a lot of people were hating on this call-out. I really... I, I got a chuckle out of it, okay? So I got a chuckle out of it. I thought it was all right. Uh, talking about how um, instead of getting that 6'9 tattoo, he should have just gotten the vagina tattooed on himself. I, I, I thought that was kind of funny, if I'm being honest. I, I thought that was fine. But what do you think about this call-out, though? Is is it bold? Is it a little bit ballsy? What do you think about the potential matchup? And would Sugar Sean even consider this, considering he just likes his unranked opponents for the same paycheck? Hmm. That's a lot to unpack there. It is a lot to unpack. So let's go through this piece by piece. Do you think, so the, for, what, what do you think about this call-out first? For the call-out, I think, it, like you said, gets it, it gets a chuckle. Any, like I told you before the show, anytime you say the word vagina, it's kind of funny. So, <laughs> We're children, it's okay. <laughs> I give them points for that. But oh. the call out in general, I mean, it was okay. It was okay. Yeah, you, you always want to call out the biggest name, right? You want the, the guys that are going to bring the most eyes. It's not like the money is going to change for him if he fights Sean, but he is going to get a bigger uh, stage, so to say. He's going to reach a broader audience because, you know, Sean has a lot of casuals tuning in, a lot of, you know, fanboys, and, and he's... Uh, infiltrating the YouTube market and and just all that jazz. So it's a smart call out by Kelleher, especially since I'm sure he believes he can win that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what, what was the next question? All right, and then what do you think Sugar Sean even considers this fight? That's a tough one because it depends on what the talks, uh, like the talks that are happening in his camp Dumb right Cruz? now. Oh, we're thinking think, that. No, we're thinking Frankie Edgar now. Oh, okay. That's the, that's what everyone. Uh, well, that's what everyone's been speculating. Okay. So, and like they came out and said they were targeting it for MSG. Uh, I think that that was Man. in October or November. I can't remember oh, when that, that part is. would that be the October, UFC 268? Is that, that the one? I think so. But Sean's already come out and said he'd, he'd prefer not to fight in New York. So I think they're trying to get him to the well, next pay-per-view. Because they're going to take way more money. Yeah. Those I mean, taxes, those New York and California taxes, man, I don't blame fire. Crazy. I don't want to go there. That's why they... Right. Hey, that's why keep playing these fight nights, man. Because Vegas, no, no, uh, no income tax there. So keep going with the with uh, those fights. Well, exactly. And they have multiple pay per views in Vegas per year usually mm-hmm. as well. So it's not like it's going to be out of the question for them to run that fight in Vegas. It's going to be relatively simple to make, I would say. It could be a um, November December thing too if they run it back at T Mobile. Yeah, I just I don't know. I I think it, like I said, it depends where they're at in those talks. Mm-hmm. How sure he is of getting that fight. And from there, it's it's only up from there. So yeah. if he fights Kelleher, that's another big risk fight because if he loses to him, then, you know, the hype train damn near derailed. But if he fights Frankie Edgar, even if he loses, it's that's almost like a – it's not a bad loss, right? So it's almost smart – almost more smart to take the Frankie Edgar fight, even though that's way 
way harder fight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just I think it, I think it's a tough one. It's another tough ask. What do you think about the potential matchup between Brian Keller and Sugar Sean? Though Sugar Sean, obviously a guy that likes to stay at range, hits you a bunch of kicks, and uh, you know piece you up with with his fists. Uh, Brian Keller, not that guy. He doesn't have the range, so he goes in. He, he shoots double legs. He gets the single legs. Uh, he brawls um, inside inside the uh, the the um, the uh, excuse me, inside the uh, the telephone box there, and in the the telephone booth, and he takes you down and he tries to maul you. So what do you think about this? How would Shuka Sean fare in, in a matchup against a, a guy like um, Brian Keller, who he's never really fought a guy like this before? Right. I would like to see that matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, any wrestling-type matchup, which Frankie Edgar... Yeah, Edgar would be, with better you know, striking. Way, you know, yeah, exactly. And he's a black belt, so, I mean, that would be the same amount, like a tougher test, you know, mm-hmm. a t- uh, test. So I think the matchup between Kelleher... Just the the pure range and striking accuracy and efficiency of Sean would just be so much for him to deal with the athleticism. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, like no one's really figured him out yet. Mm. So, and don't tell me Cheeto did. He he landed a he landed a kick and it you know busted him up a little That's bit. That's all it took, Blakey. Figure him out with that one kick, okay? <laughs> I'd like to see someone do it again. Hey, if someone does Cheeto it again, again, then I'll shut up. But until Cheeto someone does again. it again. Yeah, I'd like to see that fight too. Yeah, right. I, that that fight's always going to be there, though. You know. Hey, so. imagine some some down the line they're fighting like a title eliminator between Sugar Sean and Cheeto Vera. That'd be pretty sweet. I don't I don't think that happens though. <laughs> no, no, probably not because Sugar Sean wouldn't be anywhere close, right? Sugar's ah. gonna he's gonna be up there. I don't know if he's ever gonna touch the title, but he's gonna be up there. He's gonna be top five. I I think that's a fair thing to say. Um, and speaking of top. I guess technically it's top five, but let's go top three with this one. But let's talk uh, Roosevelt Roberts, Ignacio Bahamondes with that five seconds to go in the fight. He's been setting this kick up with his spinning body, uh, with his, his spinning heel kicks to the body. He goes up top as he gets the finish with one of the sexiest knockouts you can ever see. I mean, a spinning heel kick is easily one of the best KOs in, in this mixed martial arts. It's up there with flying knees. It's up there with, uh, you know, um, just, I mean, anything spinny, right? Anything spinny is cool and, and flying. Uh, so those are all the signs. But this is one hell of a knockout. And so it's up there. It's top three with, uh, so this could go along with two of the other best knockouts of the year that we've seen so far, including your Prohaska's spinning back elbow against Dominic Reyes and Corey Sanhagen's flying knee against aforementioned, um, uh, you know, Frankie Edgar. So, what do you think about this, and where do you think this ranks in those uh, top three, Blake? Could it be the best that we've seen this year? Mm, that's a tough one. That's Dude, really all I know t- is that we're going to have, it coming January 2022, we're going to have our, our it's going to be hard for us to try to pick these. Uh, uh, for our we still have awards. four months left, four months and a card left. There's a lot. <laughs> you know, so there's, mm. still some, there's still some crazy stuff out there that could happen. Mm-hmm. But this, I mean, this knockout right here, I think it was it's difficult for me, right? Because they're all they're all kind of in their own class. Yeah. For me, this knockout that happened this weekend, um, I, I think it, it's probably the cleanest knockout of the year for sure. Yeah. Because that's just all finesse and mm-hmm. and like you said, technique and setting that up, you know, uh he he set that up the whole fight. So it yeah. was beautiful. Uh whereas I think Corey Sandhagen's is probably the most explosive. And I think Yuri Pro, Prochaka 
that might have been the most dirty and violent. The album was just a, a gross, man. I mean, that was like a third or fourth swing back elbow. I mean, it also didn't help that Dominic Reyes' face or it looked like it was hit by a truck. Yeah. Um, so that, that was a tough one. Corey Sanhagen, it was quick. It was really early in the fight. This one, a, a, a pretty much a buzzer beater KO. Uh, it's going to yeah. be, man, we have our work cut out for us. This is going to be a tough one to choose. It is going to be tough, man. Because right now they're all like, they all have their own different flavor, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's really just what do you, in your personal opinion, put at the top? Like, what is, what is your preference? Do you like violence and dirtiness? Do you like explosiveness and athleticism and range? Mm-hmm. Do you like just clean finesse technique? At least uh, the thing here is that, I mean, any one of the three, then even probably, probably going to have another contender, a clearer contender. I mean, I think if we want to give a top four right now, Blake, I would go in no particular order because I can't off the top of my head rank these. But Corey Sanhagen's fighting me. Um, let's go Bob Monday's uh, spinning um, back spinning heel kick. And Yuri Prohaska's spinning back elbow. And Rose Namajunas' um, head kick against Zhang Weili. Yeah, I, I think, I think that's four. probably my exact choices as well so far. Mm-hmm. That that head, that, ro- that rose head kick was oh, just so good. perfect. It was perfect, oh. and the, the fact that like, dude, it it just I don't think anyone expected her to take Wei Lee out like that. No, I know I sure didn't. And landed. I, I think I picked so Wei Lee, so clearly I didn't. <laughs> and she landed so quick too, so early, and just looked out of nowhere. So, yeah. I, Oh, it was it was that was so damn good. But yeah, um, that's our top four right now. Um, so we'd love to see what, what if your guys' top four looks like that. I mean, I guess Kamar Usman or Masvidal, you could probably make a case for that being in there as well. I saw plenty of people do that, but we'd love to see also where does Ignacio's spinning heel kick look at this point in time of the year. But let's move on into the main event of the evening, because we had Jared Kenyer and Kelvin Gastelum, two guys that. With a win here, Jerry Kanyer for sure now gets one, but Kelvin Gastelum could have gone to, uh, um, I mean, both of them are easily make the case for a title eliminator fight. Uh, both these guys coming off of losses to Robert Whitaker as well, so that was a funny one there. But Jerry Kanyer, he gets a done with unanimous decision win over Kelvin Gastelum, 48-47. And this was a really, really close fight. It was kind of a bit of a toss-up, if I'm being honest. But now Jerry Kanyer, he's able to bounce back from that aforementioned loss to Robert Whitaker. He's now four and one in the middleweight division, and he's looking really good. And I, I really like where he's at in this division. I thought this was a great fight to come back to. But also, even in loss, it sucks, man. I hate having to say this, but even loss, Kelvin Gaston looked fantastic, and he took so many clean shots. I mean, you see that one part of the fight where um, Whitaker or, or uh, excuse me, Kanyer drops him. Kel- Kelvin Gaston gets back up, and like two, three seconds later, he's throwing combos again. Like what the hell? How do you stop that? Yeah, that's that's some craziness right there, dude. He's he is just got a chin of granite. Built different, man. It, it's a diamond chin, man. Straight up crimson chin levels of strength right there. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's. I don't get it. I really don't get it. What do you think about this go though? What do you think about this fight? You agree with the decision too? Yeah, I think so. I think Jared clearly won that fight. Um, I, I thought it was an entertaining fight. I mean, I really did. I thought it was, they, they, they both put on a good show. Yes. Uh, Kelvin, it's just unfortunate, man. It just, he's been so close so many times and he's always stepping up to the plate, you know, taking those short notice fights. Mm-hmm. 
um, really helping out the company. You know, he's, he's a company man. Good you know, the, the UFC has to love that guy because he always shows up to fight. And, uh, you know, he, he, he may not always show up on weight or close to it, but uh, he, like I said, man, he's a fighter. You just, you enjoy watching that guy fight because he has no quit in him. I mean, look at this weekend. Like you were saying, he gets knocked down, comes back up. He's already swinging again for the fences. Um, <laughs> my, my question to you, though, is do you think that that win uh, by Cannoneer was impressive enough to guarantee him the next title shot? Because we already know it's Izzy versus Rob coming up next. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that's not a, like a fight that's set in stone. But if that isn't the next fight, there's going to be riots everywhere, you know. So that we're, I mean, obviously, like I said, Blake, we're going off the assumption that that is going to be the fight to make. Um, he doesn't get the next title shot, but he easily should be in the title eliminator for sure. Mm-hmm. For I agree. Sure, should be in the title eliminator with with this one because there's a couple of good ones you can do. There's a couple um, top matches between top contenders that's coming out soon. I mean, one of the ones we're t- taking a look at here. In in, a, um, in a, only a couple of weeks now, we're getting Derek Brunson versus Darren Till. Yeah. So that's a really good one. And I mean, Izzy's already expressed his want to fight um, Darren Till. So um, if Darren Till gets gets this win, he's going to be put in title eliminator. If not, he might even get a title shot. Um, right. And just depending on the timing of, he'd probably be put in title eliminator. They haven't announced Whitaker versus uh, Izzy yet, so that fight's probably not going to take place for at least like what four or five months. You would, yeah, you would think at least yeah. three, four months away. So, maybe, maybe like November, December. It, it the earliest, right? Probably mm-hmm. December at the earliest. But it's well, like, especially because think of how messed up it is over there right now, mm-hmm. in New Zealand and in Australia. Like Fair they, enough, are, yeah. they are shut down. You know, yeah. any if they get one case of COVID, they shut their whole yeah. country down. It's yeah, that's certainly a crazy thing going on there. But um, what I do like a couple of next things for for Jerry Kenyer here is I like a fight. Um, with the winner of Brunson versus Till, I like that. But mm-hmm. I also like a potential fight with the winner of Vittori versus Costa, as well, because that's going to be coming up here soon. Wasn't he originally there. supposed to fight Costa at some point? I think it was supposed to be um, Canier and Costa, and then it became him versus Gastelum. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would either of those matchups, man. I mean, the winner of Brunson and Till, or the winner of Costa. And, uh, uh, God, uh, Vittori. Do you think he gets this fight with Izzy, though? Because Izzy has saying he wants to fight Jared Cannonier. I think that could be a fun fight. What, what do you think about that, though? Like, I think that would be a sick fight, but it's, um, it's just a, you can't leapfrog Rob. That's really the only problem that I would have. Do you need Rob, to make this fight? Rob wants that rematch, and he deserves that rematch. He's beat Cannonier. You know, he's beat Till. He's, he's the number one guy. The only guy that's really beat him is Izzy. Mm-hmm. So and I want to see was, that fight. And like, and like you said, about that one, the only time he he his one loss was to Izzy, and that was after fighting for not fighting for like a year and a half, coming off of an injury. And um, I mean, obviously that didn't help, and he still had flashes in that fight where he looked good. So, oh man, yeah. I need that fight so bad. Oh, it's, it's unfinished business, man. I, I really want to see Rob get another crack at it. And it's such and if, a and if he loses again, too. then we get then we get closure, you know. Exactly. But it's such a different fight now, or this matchup, it's so different than, than it was before. So, I love that. And the tough thing here, though, Blake, is now we got to take a look at what we are going to have to do with Kelvin Gaslam because he's kind of in a interesting situation. In his last six fights, he's now one in five. 
But at the same time, he's one of five, and he has five losses to some absolute killers. Because you take a look at this stretch, it happened. Started off in 2019, was that loss to Izzy Adesanya in the fight of the year. And one of, honestly, one of the, probably a top ten fight, if we're being honest with ourselves. If I had to think about it right now and rank it, it could easily be up there. And he lost a split decision to Darren Till. He lost a, a free keel hook uh, to Jack Hermanson. Got a win over Ian Heinich, and then also lost via decision to Robert Whitaker and now Jared Cannonier. So he's kind of in this weird spot because he's been taking these short notice fights, and he's been fighting some really hard guys, but this, and he's been getting really close to winning these, but at the same time, he hasn't. So, so what do you think about the spot he's in right now? He's definitely in a tough spot. Uh, you know, anytime you face the top competition and, and lose consistently to them. It's it's uh, not a good look, but I mean, like you said, he's always putting on phenomenal fights. He's always in, he's always in a close battle. It's not like he's getting smoked by anyone besides uh, Hermanson, which was just you know a specialist. He got caught. Caught him, you he know. Got caught. And that happened. It's the fight game. It happens sometimes. You get caught. Whether it's it be like knockout, Al- it's like Aljo and and Corey um, Corey Sanhagen. Yep, exactly. Just got caught that night. Uh, so I, I wouldn't mind seeing him fight. I saw this on Twitter. Uh, people are suggesting he fights a little bit down the ladder, or I guess it would be, I don't know. Would you say down or up the ladder? I don't, I guess down. Cause up in numbers, but down in down the ranking. He'll fight you know? down the ranking. <laughs> yeah. It's kind my, of a weird. Hurts. Yeah. Yeah. We're not good at math. No. Um, <laughs> we talk fighting. So, says the accountant. Math. Jeez. Don't, don't watch this. My boss, please. Math. Um, um I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing him fight a guy. Maybe dude, it's kind of tough matching guys up that are coming off losses and wins. Um, and he's already fight. He's already fought a Hall. Mm-hmm. I would almost say maybe a Shabazian fight. You know, maybe a Shabazian, a, a Holland. See, uh, the only problem is that Shabazian does have a fight lined up. Kevin Holland would be a really good one. I, I like that. Maybe a Brad Tavares. Yeah, did Brad Tavares fight recently? Uh, he fought um, Amari Akhmedov, um in and he got uh, beat, right? Yeah, in July, he won that fight um, via split decision. Brad did? Yeah. Oh shoot! I thought he lost that no, fight. I'm tripping. Well, he he should have lost that fight if we're being honest with ourselves. But yeah, he won that. Okay, yeah, because I, I saw him on the rankings still at, like number thirteen, and, and I don't know why. I just in my mind thought he lost that fight. Um, but yeah, I mean, that would be a, de- a decent one too. Get, give him someone like similar to the Ian Heinish fight where he needs to just, he needs to get out there against a guy, um, that isn't just a top contender right now. Mm-hmm. I think he needs to get some confidence again. Mm-hmm. Or just a win, man. Just a win. Like, a dub would be nice. win. I'm tired of these moral victories because yeah. I mean, he had plenty of those in this fight with Jerry Canyon, plenty of those, but, um, just not one actually shows in the record and. And it's unfortunate because is he doesn't have like the best of a record if we're being honest um or if we if we really take a look at it, he doesn't have the best of record 17 8 in in one no contest that's not bad but also it's it could look so much better i mean if you take away like his last um i mean if you take away his last six fights then he is um he's down to 16 and 3 that's that's pretty damn good so, That's what um, happens though when you get put in the shark tank, you know. Right. So don't let that. Don't let the record deceive you. Kelvin Gaston is still a really good fighter and could still really contend. And I'm excited to see. I'm um, kind of with you, Blake. I think he should take a step back 
and um it won't be an easier fight necessarily well i guess it would be an easier fight but not in like in that way still a tough tough ninth office but something against someone that isn't a title contender <laughs> yeah i, I, I guess I think it's time for him to, to, like I said, take another similar fight to Ian, Ian Heinish, mm-hmm. get some confidence back, and then go for it again. Exactly. I, I'd really enjoy that. I think that might be best for him. But, ladies and gentlemen, there goes our UFC Vegas 34 uh, kind of recap there. And let's take a head, like, let's take a look at the UFC Vegas 35 because because I'm I'm personally I don't know about you guys I don't know about you Blake. But I am extremely excited for this card because there's a lot of really good names on here. And then this main event, Gika Chikazi versus Ezin Barbosa, has fight of the year written all over it. This is such a damn good matchup. These are two good dudes that only put on bangers, especially Ezin Barbosa. So this is going to be a really fun one. And then also not just this main event, it's the finals for the tough 29 contenders and so this is going to be a really fun one here that I'm I've been looking forward to for a while now. Fortunately, there is no Trey Gore because of that knee injury. Um, so replacing him is a man that he knocked out Gilbert Urbina against last pick of the um, uh, middleweight draft, Brian Battle. So that's going to be really a really good one. Then looking at the bantamweight finals, it's Ricky Tercios against Brady Heisen, and I. And I think, that, like, I think one of the things I'm most excited the most is I was kind of talking to you about this off air. And that is, a lot of people have watched Tough 29. But there's a lot of people that have been watching this card that haven't watched this season of Tough 29. And they've been missing out on the ridiculously good fights that we've been getting this season. They've, I mean, in terms of drama in, like, television, it hasn't been that great compared to, like, some of the other seasons. But right. in terms of just fights that we begin each episode dude they've been so damn good so i'm really excited to see them put on also we get i mean uh, we finally get to see where kevin lee fits into all this as he returns to the cage against a, a really tough opponent daniel rodriguez um another tough guy andrew andre petrotsky a guy that that brian battle actually submitted which was um, insane he's uh, going to be fighting on here as well and so there's just good fights on here. Sam, it's finally Sam Alvey and Wellington Terman. Dustin Jacoby versus Darren Stewart's a good one there. And so I really like what we got going on. But Blake, it's about that time, baby. Blake's Bangers, UC Vegas 35. Let's do this. Yes, sir. They're actually all going to be, for me, it's all going to be right in a row on the main card. Mm-hmm. It's going to start off with Kevin Lee versus D-Rod. Uh, that's, I mean, that fight speaks for itself. Daniel Rodriguez has been... Flaming hot lately. Not talking. Not talking about his looks. Talking about his performances. <laughs> come on. Hey, uh, that's a good looking man. I know you're into tats. <laughs> come on, brother. <laughs> but this Dan Rodriguez is a bit underrated. He's not talked about enough. This is a good matchup. Yeah, and I think D Rod's going to be a little bit bigger than Kevin. I would. Mm-hmm. I would assume. I mean, six six foot one compared to Kevin Lee, five foot eight. It's going to be interesting to see how Kevin Lee uh deals with that size difference i mean he's coming up now he's not gonna in 155 he was kind of uh maybe not the tallest guy but he was definitely a big dude for 155 he was really mm-hmm. filled out you know even when you when you saw him fighting tony ferguson you could see like he has a strength advantage um it's gonna be really 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 interesting to see how that fight goes down kevin lee if he gets this win he's gonna be an automatic player in the welterweight division already yeah they'll push him to that title shot for sure yeah, and so then, like I said, these three fights, the bangers are all going to be in a row. The second fight I'm going with, Ricky Tercios versus Brady Heiston, and this is obviously for the Ultimate Fighter 
29 title well uh championship well, i don't know what you would call that like just the the uh the final the, they're the, just the they they're fighting for the crown of the ultimate fighter for the 135ers yes now ricky if you guys haven't been watching he's funny uh <laughs> he is an absolute loon i mean but in the best way right he's, he's not psycho. like a He's, he's psycho, but a funny psycho and a wholesome psycho and just a guy that, you know, you would want to hang out with because you know that you would have, like, the f- most fun nights ever. Anytime I need me some wholesome psycho in my life. Absolutely. Brady, on the other hand, he's kind of, he kind of reminds me of that silent killer a little bit where mm-hmm. he's got the look of, uh, you know, the kid carrying the backpack, having fun everywhere. Um, but at the same time, he's a killer, man. He's, he's got that wrestling pedigree. He oh, trains I with Michael Chiesa. The backpack thing. Oh, thank God. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be a really interesting fight. Ricky, a little bit more, I think, of a flowy striker, not as uh, heavy of a of a wrestling grappler, but I think he's definitely slick on on the ground. Whereas Brady, I, I expect him to kind of bring that Michael Chiesa pressure. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how that fight plays That's out. A good fight, man. And then what's the last one? Bring us home. Final one going to be Brian Battle versus Gilbert Urbina. Mm-hmm. The, the Gilbert Urbina stepping in for Treshawn Gore. Your pick to win the whole thing and and uh, for this season of tough. Don't rub it in my face, man. You've admitted I have the DMs. Oh, yeah. Blake admitted that my pick probably would have won. Okay. I think he would have been the favorite for sure yeah. against Brian Battle. Oh, now you're backtracking. Do you want me to post the DMs? No, I'm saying I think he would have. Funny with you. I think he would have been the favorite. What does that yeah. What does that mean? Nothing. I'm just giving you shit for no reason. Butthole. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> yeah. So another fight where there's going to be a little bit of a size advantage for Brian Battle, six mm-hmm. foot one to five foot eight, Gilbert Urbina. Both of these guys, though, high energy guys, uh, very versatile. Uh, uh, Brian sneaky good on the ground. Gilbert Urbina, he's a little bit more of a specialist on the ground, but they both have really good stand up. Mm-hmm. Brian Battle more of a volume guy, not going to really, uh, you know, go for those one hitter quitters, but he's going to piece you up like a Nate Diaz. Yes. I think this fight has the potential to be an absolute war. Mm -hmm. I I really like that. So, with that being said, let's get into our predictions for this card. We're first going to take a look at the tough 29 um, um, predictions here. Um, So, we're going to take a look at who do we think is going to be the finalist here. So, first fight of the night is going to be for the Bantamweight final. Ricky Tercios and Brady Heisen, who are you taking in this one? Oh, man, this one's tough, dude. My heart says Ricky, but my mind is saying Brady. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to have to go with my heart and just say screw all logic and go Ricky. I like that. I really like that. If we're looking at the numbers, I mean, I, I think Brady is the – he should be the favorite in this one, I, I would assume. Um, I might roll with him. I'm just not – I like uh, um, Ricky's stand-up, obviously. He has a stand-up advantage in this one. Uh, just from the two fights that we've seen from him. Um, of course, is what we're going off of. I'm just not sure if he might be able to have the defense necessary to withstand Brady's pressure. Uh, so I'll go with Brady in this one. But man, I'm I, I don't care who wins. I really don't. I, I I would love either. And then with Brian Battle versus Gilbert Urbina, what I what I love about Brian Battle is that in his semifinal fight that was against um, another guy on this card, Andre Petrosky, which was the first overall pick or uh, first pick for the middleweights um, from Team Ortega. And Petrovsky's one hell of a wrestler. He's really damn good. And what does Brian Bell do in the semifinal? He submits him. He submits him. A striker, this this really good striker, goes out and submits the wrestler. Okay. So that was 
That was a statement win for me, and that's why, man, I got Brian Battle all the way. If it wasn't, for, I would pick Trayshawn Gore, but if we got to choose between Brian Battle and Gilbert Urbina, uh, give me Brian Battle 10 times out of 10, and I really hope he wins this. You know I'm going with my guy, Brian Battle. Hey, your pick, man. Hey, I got to give it to you. It looks like Brian might, I mean, obviously I haven't fought yet, but it looks like a really good chance that your pick is right. Could be, man. Don't give me too much credit, though. Hey, come on. I want to see the guy, man. Going from last pick to the finalist to the ultimate fighter, that's good stuff. That's right? good I'm TV. surprised he was last pick, man. He's a big dude. He's a big he's, I think he's the biggest guy on the show. Gore might have been a little bigger. I don't think he definitely wasn't taller. He wasn't taller, but no, he might be the biggest one. He was for sure because he was towering over Gore. And that, man, that face off was so, oh. man, I was fired up to see I... that. Oh, I'm so mad that, that we didn't get that, but it's okay. It's okay, I guess. We'll probably get it eventually. Because I think so. Give, once his knee is healed, they're going to give Trayshawn Gore a shot. Which, Absolutely. Which is was something that they should have done. I'm relieved that they're doing it. So the UFC is doing the right thing there, hands yeah. down. So so that's nice. And then let's predictions for the main event, Blake. Edson Barbosa, Giga Jakadze. Who you got in this one, man? In the crazy, like, just two kind of kind of kickboxers almost that they're just going to kick the hell out of each other and try to uh, um, turn someone's brain off for sure i think it's going to be a surprise for a lot of people but i'm going to go with giga mm. i don't think i just think yeah he, like that he, he has less mileage re- of out of uh you know recently not saying that he hasn't been fighting as much but uh he hasn't been in the wars that Edson Barboza has been in. Edson Barboza has been in wars. <laughs> yes, and Giga is going to be just as technical as Edson. I mean, they're both they both come from a uh, heavy kickboxing background. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to go with the younger guy, the the younger and bigger guy, Giga. I like that. I like that. Both guys have, I mean, um, plenty of experience here. Um, now with with Giga, he has what's that? Six. He's six zero in the UFC. Um, so and his opponents have been pretty solid as well. That event slouches, and then Edson Barboza. If you look at his record, he's really just fought a who's who of the 145 and even the little bit of the 155 pound division as well. He's fought all the big names. He's knocked out a lot of them. I mean, just recently with this fight over Shane Burgos, where he turned his brain off uh, a few seconds after he made contact, which is still a weird one. Um, I I love Giga's chances. I'm gonna roll with Edson Barboza because they're both just absolute animals in the cage. I do like a little bit more of that that veteran. And uh, if it gets into war, which I expect it to be, it's nothing new for Edson Barboza. Just another day in the office. And so I like his uh, I, I like his experience when it comes to this fight. Fair enough, dude. This is certified banger. Certified banger. I know it's on Blake's bankers because we don't do main events, but certified banger easily. Potential fight of the year candidate. Yeah. Who knows? I am. I'm. I'm so damn excited for this fight, man. I am. This is going to be a really, really good card. But I think so too, man. It, I don't know how it can't be. But ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us with UFC Vegas 35 and UFC Talk 58. Uh, this has been uh, a good one. And before we ha- cap things off, just gotta give a, na- a quick name of the week here, because ultimately, I'll be honest, I didn't have that great of, of a selection. This week, I mean, uh, going from la- especially compared to last week where we saw a uh, potential carjacker get beat the hell up by a UFC fighter. So that's going to get you nay nay uh, pretty much every week. Uh, this one, we didn't have anything like that. Um, so I'm just going ahead and I'll uh, give the nay nay of the week award goes to it goes to me. 
because of how disappointed I was that Trayshawn Gore wasn't able to fight in, in the final, man. I was really, I was really bummed about that because, I mean, personally, I'm obviously for ego. I want to be right. But I really love Trayshawn Gore as a person. He's been my favorite guy on the show the whole time. Um, and so I'm just like, from a perspective of a human being, I was bummed he wasn't able to get the opportunity because, like you said, Blake, I mean, there's a really good chance he, he would at least open up as a favorite there's a good chance he wins that fight and becomes the ultimate fighter, which is not, something that not a lot of people could say. At least he's still going to get a shot. So there's there's a bright side to that, Blake. But before we sign off here, uh, give me your thoughts on UFC Vegas 35 in one word or phrase. Uh, flashy. Flashy. Flash KOs, mm-hmm. getting choked out while you're standing up. Mm-hmm. Uh Kelvin's granite chin. Yeah. I mean, there was just the lot that the, the backflip from the freaking linebacker, basically. <laughs> Damn, or defensive lineman. I don't even know. Right? Yeah. You know, oh. so uh, flashy, I would say. I love it. That's a really great way to put it. But, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Like always, thank you for a really great two years. I can't believe it's flown by. Uh, it, it's really felt like nothing at this point in time. Think for 50, now 58 episodes of UFC Talk. So this thing is going strong and there is no end in sight. So just, I love all you. Really appreciate all your support that you've shown us. Make sure to check us out everywhere, thefourthandlong.com. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, pretty much anywhere you want to find us, you can find us there. Also, go make sure to get, get started with that patron uh, going today. So just start a dollar a month and that dollar a month is, gets us that much closer to being able to get Blake his first paycheck and i know he wants that bad <laughs> it's only been two years uh-huh uh you haven't been out for the full two years so shut up it's, it's been okay. pretty much it's, <laughs> pretty it's been much. pretty much i was an honorary guest for the hey, first that's part. the og man blake's the og so put a little respect on the name but ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning in tonight have a great time watching ufc vegas 35 and we will catch you after we've crowned two new ultimate fighters and see a potential just a really damn good fight